I just wanted to be known that an hour and 10 minutes into the episode is the first time that we don't see Carlos the baby doll, which means that Carlos the baby doll in this one episode of The Bachelorette had more screen time than Tom Felton in all eight Harry Potter movies. Carlos the baby doll, get him a SAG after card like he is ready to go. Honestly, like who's his agent? And, and can I be the agent? Um, is he looking? B- right. Booked and blessed, booked and busy. Hello, hello, everyone. We are back for week two. Hi, Emily. Hi, Kayla. We're back. Who would have thought? Only us. They didn't ask for more, but we're delivering. Like we promised you at the end of our first episode, we're going to continue on with this podcast, even if it's bad, even if you don't want it, we're going to keep on recording. I think we should just kick off by addressing the elephant in the room um, that we were bullied into submission. And we now have microphones. We have audio. We have microphones. If you watched our little clip we posted, we did a test of these a few days ago. We addressed Soundgate and um, all of your bullying, but your bullying worked. And and that's the lesson is that bullying works. These $20 Amazon microphones are going to work for this podcast. They are putting in the hours and we appreciate them. I just wanted to address two things before we get to the content you came here for, the episode recap. One, I wanted to, she's not going to talk or be visible, but I wanted to introduce our producer, Miss Tara Llewellyn. You may have seen um, a post that we made about her on the podcast Instagram. If you don't follow the podcast Instagram, do it. It's at don't insult my podcast. But anyway, we made a post about our good friend, Tara, who very kindly reached out to us last week and said that she wanted to be involved in our podcast, which is absolutely asinine to me because she is she, she is the typical like candidate profile for someone who's overqualified for this job. She does it all. She like runs 900 Instagram accounts for various things that I can't even keep track of. She's one of the coolest people that we know. And for some reason, she decided she wanted to produce us. So we are now the first official podcast of the Chickadee Collective. Yes, we are. So crazy and so exciting. I mean, she's like our mutual favorite person. So it's like, name a person we're both obsessed with. Her. Name a person Um, we're both obsessed with. And it's Tara, Tasha, and Aaron Tveit. And that's it. That rounds out the list. So yeah, she is the best. We're so happy to have her. She's going to hopefully steer us straight. And this may not be as much of a disaster. It'll be like last time it was like a nine, it was like an a hundred percent disaster. This time it'll be like 98%. Right. Cause brand loyalty is important. Last week when our episode dropped, um, my boyfriend who does not watch the bachelor at all whatsoever, uh, during lockdown, I actually made him watch, listen to your heart with me, which further cemented the fact that he doesn't watch the bachelor because he hated every second. Mm-hmm. But, um, in trying to be a supportive boyfriend, he did listen to last week's episode, mostly just cause he had a long car ride for some context. He's literally the nicest person in the entire world. He and Chris Harrison are literally the only two men that Emily and I trust. He texted me and he was like, Hey, so I don't know a lot about podcasting or anything, But I mean, do you guys think like maybe you should have like a bullet pointed list of things that you want to talk about before you record? I didn't ask for criticism. You can give feedback if you love it. (laughs) But like he made a few points and that is that our first episode had no structure. 
No, none whatsoever. So we decided to change it up a little bit and try to be organized women today. Um, so we're going to kick it off with our episode recap. And then after the episode recap, we're going to discuss Bachelor Nation news that has nothing to do with the episode itself. So we took the note. We took the note. We took the note. And we have notes that I took while I was wine drunk watching last night. I was drinking so much rosé. <laughs> I was watching. I drink a lot. So they get, they, and you can tell because they get progressively more just like, what was I trying to say I have no but idea what we're gonna I was find talking out about in the end I have literally no idea but we're gonna find out let's kick off our episode let's, recap Emily let's go okay so it's weird the the formatting right now is weird because normally you like end the episode with a rose ceremony but we didn't have one last week so anyway yeah so for um, people watching who don't normally watch the bachelor because I know we have a few of those t- the typical episode structure of a bachelor bachelorette episode is two group dates and one one-on-one date And the structure of that that we've come to know and love and seek comfort in has gotten very thrown in the last two weeks because of the whole Claire toss-up. Now we have Tasha, So we kick it off in a weird way, like with just like no, we're like a continuation of last week. So we're on a group date. And it's the grown-ass man group date. And if you didn't know it was the grown-ass man group date, they said it about 4 billion times. So by the end of the episode, you got it. Yeah. The grown ass mandate that they reminded us was the grown ass mandate 700 times. None of the things that they did on the date have anything to do with anyone's masculinity or femininity or whatever you want to be. Yeah. It didn't prove anything. I was like, okay, all it proved is that Bennett can't spell limousine or do math. All it proves is that Bennett printed his Harvard diploma on Microsoft Word. I mean- That's all it proved to me. So there was the quiz part, which was like arguably funny, but I was like, is he getting these wrong on purpose? He got every single one wrong. He got every single question wrong. I was like- He reminds me of just like a typical finance bro. Yeah, like, he would like ex- he would like mansplain the economy to you on your first date for like two hours and then there would not be a second date. You'd be like, okay, right. He great. would explain, he would spend your entire first date drinking old fashions and explaining the flaws in Joe Biden's tax plan. However, going into this episode, I loved Bennett and I was a big Bennett fan. It's wavered a little bit, but we'll get more into that. But basically he was not good on this date and yet- he won the date. Okay, so also we forgot to include that this date is hosted by Ashley Iconetti and Jared Haben, who yeah. um, are an engaged couple, or no, they're married now, from Bachelor Nation. I really like Jared and Ashley. I think they're a great couple, but Bachelor pitching them as like a Bachelor fairy tale couple is not lost on me because they are literally the least functional couple this show has ever produced. And they're fine now, like they're cool now, but- their start on this show was like not functional or healthy. So every time they host a date, because it's like the third time they've hosted a date, I'm always like, uh, I don't know if I want my relationship to be Jared and Ashley, but that's fine. And second, there was a point where Jared is like leaning over the bed that Tasha's sitting on and he's like, so what do you think? And she's like, I was really excited about Bennett at first, but I don't know after that math test we had. If I were being judged on my ability as a life partner off my math test, I would never have a partner again because I literally almost failed math in college four times. It was like the weirdest standards of like what a grown ass man is. I'm like, yeah, we're all looking for like a person who acts like an adult. But they were like, here's the mental challenge. Here's the physical challenge. And then here's the take your shirt off and wear an apron challenge. It was all very weird testaments to what quote unquote biggest eye roll ever manhood 
is. I was like, the show is always sexist, but like, that's why I think feminist bachelor podcasts are so funny because inherently we just shouldn't recap the bachelor. So basically everything about it is problematic and horrifying. Um, but we're obsessed with it and it's all I think about 24 seven. <laughs> if I forgot, like if I forgot everything I knew about the bachelor franchise, I would have so much room in my brain for other stuff. We would be able to do math. It's going great. So, so, the math so Bennett, then they have the physical Bennett says, I can't participate. I used to play football. I have an injury. He's literally the guy. Uh, this is also a quality of finance bro on date who explains the economy to you. It's it's yeah, I used to play football, but I would have gone pro. But I got injured. Literally exactly what he did. He was like, oh, I can't do the physical challenge. So they're like, okay. I'm very tired of dates on this show that are a measure of any kind of physical ability or strength or anything like that. That is no indication how someone will be as a partner. Like I said before about like the masculinity stuff, like we do all these really basic ass dates that like judge masculinity and and all of that and like how fit these guys are and all this stuff. But like I don't know. It's just so basic. It's so overdone. We do it every season. Every season fans complain about it. Every season they do it again. Right. It's it's like hard, like I said, being a Bachelor recap feminist podcast because one part of me is like, it's so fucking lame that Bennett wouldn't do the physical portion of the date. But then I'm also like, the physical portion of the date is stupid. And they're always like, you know, I hope no one gets hurt. And it's like, well, then stop having these guys smack each other down all the time. I mean, even this portion of the date wasn't like wrestling, which we get into later. So there was that portion. And then there's the breakfast in bed portion, which is objectively hilarious. If I went on a date and it was all like a bunch, just a bunch of men who are hot bringing me breakfast in bed, I'd be like, no notes. And, and this is where they kind of were like, Maybe a little bit less like gender role-y, I will say. At least it was like, oh, men cook. But that was pretty much where that ended on this date. They were like, we'll be woke for like one second and then we're just going to go back to being the worst. Right. So basically they do this breakfast in bed portion. The guys bring her breakfast. They do whatever. Jason takes his shirt off. It's super weird. So basically at the end of the date, the um, grown man award goes to Bennett and the man child award goes to Ed, which was a weird move because we didn't really see much of Ed on the date. And I felt like Bennett refusing to do the physical portion would have had something to do with him losing the date. But no, he won the grown man award. Ed was forced to carry around this baby doll, which like this was viewed as punishment on the date that he had to do this. And there's two things about that. One, he fucking loved it. Like he carried around the baby doll long after he didn't have to anymore. He loved the it. Whole, so that's the first the whole thing. episode. I mean, I will right. say to his credit, he was a really good sport about it. I got nervous when they said his name and I was like, oh my God, is he about to just like be really annoying? And he was just like, okay, I think okay. it's funny. And he was right. so happy to have Carlos, the baby doll. And the second thing, um, just to point out yet another time that feminism failed us on The Bachelor, being forced to care for a child was viewed as punishment on this show, which is just kind of further perpetuating the stereotype that like the typical like womanly role like is a negative thing somehow. But yet we go on, we keep watching, and we keep hosting like, a Bachelor podcast. <laughs> and at this point, what do we expect? It's like, oh, they disappointed us. How out of character. It's like our ex-boyfriends that we stay in touch with, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like consistently they're the worst and yet. At first when the date started, I was like, I've never liked a date on The Bachelor that started in a classroom. We've had so many weird ones. The only one that was ever funny was when Caitlin Bristow had the sex ed date and all the guys had to explain 
fornication to a group of like paid actors who were in the fifth grade. And it was hilarious and it was awesome because they didn't know they were talking to actors. But that being said, I understand that they have to get creative right now because they're on a resort. They can't like go do the stuff that they normally do on the show. So I understand the creativity constraint. But that being said, because the episode structure was all screwed up because yet again, Claire messed everything up for us. Now we go into the rose ceremony. So the cocktail party slash the rose ceremony. Bennett is so cringy. Like she gave him one second of validation by giving him the grown man award. And all of a sudden he's the world, like he thinks that he's about to propose to Tasha. Like he thinks that he is the front runner. And before- He thinks he's Dale. He thinks he's Tasha's Dale. He thinks literally run away with him. And it's so weird because again, if we have listeners of this podcast who don't watch the show, typically when a cocktail party starts, or if you do watch the show, typically when a cocktail party starts, the lead addresses all the contestants at the cocktail party. And she says, hi, I had such a fun week. Thank you so much. Like we are building these relationships, whatever. She gives this toast. Then people start to pull her, talk to her, whatever. Before she can even address the group, Bennett's like, hey, can I talk to you for a sec? And she's like, uh... No, like, like she hasn't even said a hi to the group yet. She's he, and he's like, Hey, can I steal you? She's like, No, so really cringy, really weird. I'm really glad that production left it in because it was very bizarre. And then, as soon as she's done addressing the group, Chasen is like, Hey, can I talk to you? And she's like, Sure. And then Bennett is like, Well, fuck me, I guess. And he just sits there. And this is where we really get into the Ed Chasen drama is at the cocktail party. So We talked about this a little bit last week, but there's always on this show, you can tell the contestants that have watched the show before versus the ones that haven't. Because there are these certain like bachelor platitudes that we say at like, oh, they're not here for the right reasons. Could I steal you for a sec? Like all that kind of stuff is just very like bachelor lingo. And in the case of Ed- He, so reminder, Ed is the one that's been carrying around Carlos the baby doll because he won the man-child award or whatever. And he approaches Tasha and tells her that Chasen is not here for the right reasons. Immediately that throws up alarm bells for me because it just tips me off that Ed has, he's aware of the, of the format and the structure of the show or to his, to, to the benefit of the doubt, it's possible that production fed him that line. He could have said to a producer like, oh, I have concerns about Chasen. And they were like, oh, you should have told Tasha he's not here for the right, right reasons. So right. I'm willing to let that slide. But he goes to Tasha and he's basically like, Chasen is different when the cameras aren't on. That's another very Bachelor lingo-y thing. Like, oh, he's a different person when the cameras aren't on. Like, So now we get into Chasen, who is every guy that I went on one hinge date with and then ghosted. And he's so hot. Like he's so, so attractive, but he's the yeah. fucking worst. Worst. He's the one you like match with. Cause you're like, and you like have doubts about it. Cause you're like, I can tell from looking at this guy, his personality is going to suck, but he's so hot. So you match with him and then you're like, oh my God, this hot guy. And then you hang out and you're like, oh yeah, no, I was right. He's the worst, right. but he's hot. I mean, honestly, I haven't, he hasn't really talked a lot. I tweeted a few weeks ago, like, Jason is no plot, just vibes. Like, he is chilling up until this point. Suddenly, he's the villain. I mean, of course, everything on this show is, like, exaggerated and, you know, the producers do what they can. But I do think he's just a bit of a dick, bit of an asshole. But what we've learned on this show, if you've watched the show before, is if you're the person who confronts the lead about another person... It's not going to end well for you. It's not going to end well with one exception. 
the only time that you can go to the lead as a contestant and say that you have concerns about another contestant is if you are for damn 100% sure that you are winning the show. Okay, so you've got Jason and Ed, right? Out of the two, she's clearly more interested than Jason. She has more connection with Jason. She's more attracted to Jason. So Ed is coming up from below Jason. So he thinks to get a leg up, he has to like undermine Jason. And that never works because she is more interested in Jason than she is in Ed. The only time that confronting the lead ever works is if you are sure you have the upper hand in this situation. And she's not going to believe you if she really likes the guy you're talking about. Back on Colton season, when Tasha was on the show, there were issues with someone in the house. It honestly might've been Hannah Brown or somebody like that, but there were issues yeah. or maybe Demi. I don't know. There were issues with yeah. someone in the house and Tasha was clearly one of Colton's front runners. And so Tasha was able to say to Colton, like, look, this is what's going on. But it's because Tasha knew in that situation, she had the upper hand. The lead has to be super into you so for into you, you to, to do that. Up until this point, we have no indication that she's that interested in Ed. It was just, it's always so unnecessary. And then the problem that I have with it too, is that he addresses it once and it's like, okay, I get it off your chest. And then every time he talked to her after that, it was like all he brought up. And I was like, can you just talk to her? Like, you're supposed to be getting to know her. What's going to happen with Jason is going to happen. I mean, this is the other thing we always see is like, if you're going to address it, you can't make every conversation you have about it because that's when it really starts being a problem. Ed has literally never spoken to Tasha up until this point. And he's using his first conversation with her to be like, hey, so Jason's not great. It's just not a good strategic move. It never works out well for no. people. And that is what makes me think that, I know I just said that it seems like Ed has watched the show because he's speaking in all these Bachelor platitudes, but this is actually what makes me think that Ed has not watched the show because if he has watched the show, he would know that that doesn't work. Yeah, so anyway, the Ed and Jason of it all, it's honestly this drama too, because I don't really care for either of them. I hate when they do that, when it's like two guys that I'm like, who cares? And they have drama. I'm like, well, I don't have a side here. I don't have a stake in this. Send them both home. Speaking of people we do have a stake in, this is where our hero comes in. Yeah. Ben. Ben. Ben, he wore, first of all, he wore a, like a heinous outfit to the cocktail party. And at first when I saw him, I was like, dress with some respect for the, the event. But right. then- his conversation with Tasha, I was like, oh, he could have worn a t-shirt here. And I would have been like, he's so, he's the perfect man. I refer to him, lovingly refer to him as Bennywise because he looks like Skarsgård, <laughs> the guy who plays Pennywise. Look it up, look them up and tell me I'm wrong. We'll, we'll post a side-by-side -side on our Instagram. It's all I can think about when I see him. However, he's still hot. I mean, the guy who plays Pennywise is arguably hot. So Bennywise, we love Bennywise. He is so sweet. I mean, I, I liked him before too, but now, I mean, he's really just there. He's there for the right reasons, oh as God. they would say. I yes. just wanted to acknowledge one thing before we leave the Ben interaction at the cocktail party. I literally got butterflies when Tasha and Ben were talking and he was like, I'd really like to kiss you. Oh my God. So many of the relationships on this show are so fake and they're so contrived for TV and, and you can tell those relationships, but there was something about that that was so sincere. And it just like, it like takes you to that plit that like warm and fuzzy place when you're like first getting to know somebody and like a first kiss with somebody and stuff like that, because it felt so genuine. I feel like we yeah. don't get that a lot on this show. And I don't know that I think that Ben is going to win, but I hope he makes it really, really far because they yeah. seem like they have an actual connection and he seems like not 
chasing. I also really liked Ivan's interaction with her as much as it might, it was kind of weird to watch, but I liked that he did something creative because so often these guys go off and they all do the same thing and you watch the same conversation like eight times. And I feel this way too, when um, on the first night when they all come out of the limo, like you notice the people who do creative things, of course. So I liked that he did something different and it paid off. He got the rose. So I liked that interaction as well. So Ben and Ivan really stepped it up and we're going to get to him, but um, Brendan. I would do anything for Brendan. I mean, really just well, cutie pie. Before we leave this cocktail ceremony, we need to acknowledge the male body shaming going on by Chasen, which again, reminds me of every guy I went on one hinge date with. He literally, uh, it, does he, is it Ed that he says has chicken legs? Yeah. Is that who he says yeah. it to? Okay. So we continue Ed, on with- Ed and Ben did like the physical challenge and Ben is like, has like big legs and it's hot and yeah and doesn't and it's like not cares. Yes. not that it matters I didn't say that Ben was hot because Ed is unattractive because he has small legs I just mean that Ben is hot like Ed is yeah, also very just, cute <laughs> that was just unrelated to the physical part that was just us like not being able to stop talking about how hot Ben is I just think it's so fucking lame whether you're a guy you're a girl no matter what you identify as it's so fucking lame to notice things about another person's body and comment on them like that's so it's- sick yeah, it's not even a good bit. It's not even a good roast. It's like, this is so stupid. Like, if you're gonna bully, pick something else. I mean, I hate I hate body shaming in any sense. So it's like, just pick anything else, dude. Like, if Ed annoyed you because of his personality, you would actually have a lot more to say about it. But clearly that's not the case. You're just like right. grasping at straws because he called you out and you don't like it. And so you're choosing like the quickest thing. It's so weird. It's so like, embarrassing for Chasen. I mean, it's like an embarrassing look. Chasen calling him chicken legs and like, be like, no, actually my shirt's large. Like that kind of stuff just takes me back to like an early 2000s movie where like making fun of people's bodies was like normal and okay. But like, we're in the year 2020. We don't comment on people's bodies. Even if we notice it, like you don't comment. And then also just for reference here, if you guys have not gone to Chasen's TikTok, it confirms all of our beliefs that he's the worst. You can't yeah. unsee his TikTok. He's a hot guy who never had to adopt a personality because he was hot. And because he's hot, the only thing that he notices and comments on about other people is what they look like, which we see later because that's what he comments on Tasha about. That's his whole and- life is just like, what do people look like? And how can I either make fun of them or make it a good thing? But it's like, he was just a hot guy who never developed a personality and and it shows that's literally why we're podcast hosts it's because we were not attractive until we were older yeah so we get the rose ceremony um three men that i've never seen before in my life go home one of them is babyface and i only recognize him because he like kind of looks like zach but like baby brother version of zach c but he went home and then two guys i've i've quite literally never laid eyes on i mean i don't know where they came from i think that they pulled them out of nowhere So basically what we wanted to do, because we are a newer podcast and we don't have sponsors and stuff like that yet, what we wanted to do in place of that is start to honor some of our friends or friends of friends or family members who are small business owners, because we know that right now the pandemic has put a lot of people out of work and a lot of people have started small businesses or are really working on their small businesses. So the first one we're going to focus on today is Best Gals Thrift, which is partially founded by our producer, Tara, and her best friend, Danielle. 
Looking for sustainable fashion on a budget? Best Gals Thrift is an online thrift source that gives second life to clothing for a fraction of the retail price. Support small businesses this holiday season and check them out on Instagram at Best Gals Thrift. Emily and I are actually both wearing um, pieces that we got from Best Gals Thrift right now. I literally am shopping at Best Gals Thrift probably almost every week. I love it so, so much. Um, it is a really fun and affordable way to expand your closet. Also, Tara and Danielle have amazing fashion sense and I trust anything that they send me. If you're looking for looks for the holidays and you don't want to spend a bajillion dollars to sit in your living room with only people in your quarantine circle because we're not having big Thanksgivings because we care about our grandparents. It is a really, really great resource. So check out Best Gals Thrift. It is awesome. Whatever combo of jeans Tasha is, is the best combo of jeans when she was talking about being African-American and Mexican. I was like, whatever combination you are, is she perfection but anyways it's I digress exactly um, perfect Tasha says something really naive um to Jason or to Ed well, like I said I was drinking she says um why haven't you sat him down and talked to him and that was uh, bless her heart if you've ever <laughs> been in a conversation with a man who's having issues with another man more often than not like I, I think about like some of the most woke men I know, like some of my guy friends, my boyfriend is very emotionally mature, I guess. But like, if they were ever having an issue with another man and I said, well, did you sit him down and try to talk to him? They'd be like, what? And it's not like a masculinity thing. It's just that no. they don't. The frontal that- lobe. The frontal lobe is not developed yet. I mean, it takes years for that. My like best guy friend who listens to this podcast, he and I one time were talking about how he used to like not like this guy that we went to college with. And I and then they I saw that they were like commenting on each other's posts and stuff. And I'm like, oh, did you guys work it out? And he's like, oh, I just kind of forgot about it. And I was like, you literally hated him for all of college. And he was like, yeah, but like whatever. That was a while ago. Imagine like forgetting right. anything ever. I don't forget anyone who has ever wronged me. I remember you until the end of time. I can't imagine being like, oh, I kind of forgot about it. What? How? Who's your therapist? Give me their number. So yeah, three random guys go home. Three random random guys guys we've never seen before go home. So we're on this um, yet another horrible display of toxic masculinity. We have a wrestling date in which we see Taisha literally with a paintbrush oiling oiling up the men so that they can basically dogfight each other in this wrestling ring and the date is being judged by Chris Harrison and Wells now Wells when I saw Wells Wells, then the note I took was Wells heart turn it off (laughs) (laughs) no notes end of show turn the show off roll the credits Even if this is your first time watching The Bachelorette and you're not familiar with the franchise itself, Wells is a fan favorite. He was on JoJo's season of The Bachelorette. He was the bartender on Bachelor in Paradise for a few seasons. And now he is engaged to Sarah Hyland from Modern Family. And he comes to judge this date with Chris Harrison. Truly like the best two men in the universe judging this date. The worst thing ever judged by the best people ever. My biggest note is that there wasn't enough Wells. Like he should have just been talking for 20 minutes and that would have been the date. The meat of the episode is that Ed and Chasen are supposed to fight because the producers are evil and they're like, oh, Ed and Chasen are feuding. Let's make them fight. So they're supposed to fight. You can tell that Ed is a little bit afraid to fight him. 
And so Ed tells Chris Harrison that he can't do the physical portion of the date because he has a dislocated shoulder or something like that, which we've never heard anything about up until this point. It was, yeah. it, it was a total cop out. So now Chasen has nobody to wrestle. And an important distinction on this season is that usually these dates in regular seasons have some kind of audience to them. But on this, the, this season, because they're in a COVID bubble, the audiences of the group dates are made up of the guys that are not on that date. Right. So they have the entire rest of the guys from the house sitting in the audience and Chasen has nobody to fight. And Noah... Mustache, mustache man. man. The infamous mustache man jumps the fence to wrestle Chasen. Literally, I get that you want to impress Tasha or whatever, but why do men want to fight so bad? It's so weird to me how eager he was. He was like, oh, do it. Jesus Christ. Sit down. <laughs> Chasen can wrestle himself. Less time wrestling Chasen, more time fighting your demons, aka your crazy mustache. Mustache man saves the day by wrestling Chasen. He wasn't supposed to be on the date. And then she invites him to the after portion of the date because, oh, I loved that you jumped the fence. Why don't you come to the next part of this date? And it's just like, we don't I want actually, more mustache man. I didn't want more mustache man, but I did understand the sentiment of inviting oh, yeah. him. The issue for me wasn't inviting him to the dinner portion. It was giving him the rose. There were so many guys on that date that she's decently interested in, that she has chemistry with, right? A like guys, the guys that she's interested in, and she was like, right. "Noah, like you were, you jumped the fence for me," and and that's that's another thing that's becoming a bachelor platitude. And I blame my least favorite lead of all time, Colton Underwood, for making yeah. that a thing. Cause she's like, you jumped the fence for me. And I'm like, okay. Like he jumped a fence after what? Cassie because he's fucking nuts. And that's why he got a restraining order. So let's not. Why are, <laughs> it's like, why are men obsessed with fighting? Why are men obsessed with jumping fences? Why are men? Roll credits, right. end of episode. <laughs> We're now that's at the like. cocktail party and a few important things happen here. One, Tasha. Tasha should run for president. She is the most powerful woman in the world. She got mustache man to shave his mustache because she didn't like it. That is, that is a, a power I can't even fathom. That's unmatched. She's so powerful. I mean, come on. So that was incredible. I love seeing a mustache go to hell where they belong. Um, <laughs> so I will always 100% of the time support a mustache shave. Absolutely. But then she shaved it, which was a little, if, if I were with someone who had a mustache and they were like, shave it, I'm not even touching that thing. Not no. touching that. Go take care of that. I don't no. want to look at it and I don't want to touch it. I think here. it was Tyler Cameron who tweeted last night or maybe he just retweeted someone. I don't know, but it was something like, did she get little mustache hairs in her mouth when they kissed? <laughs> And it was so yeah, I think gross. that was him. It, it was, was like, gross. Ooh, he horrendous. could tweet anything. Tyler Tyler Cameron could be like shorts and I'd be like, oh, genius. <laughs> like he's, he could he's, say the grossest shit and I'd be like, oh, he's so handsome. Anyway, so yeah. uh, that's the first thing. We shaved the mustache. It was the end of Mustache Man, the fall of Mustache Man. Well, maybe we'll actually be able to like pay attention to his personality now. Yeah, but it doesn't seem his like his personality is great. The mustache was his personality. So we have a few favorites. We have been obviously a favorite, but then- the sweet angel baby human Brendan. The second he made a joke about his turtleneck, I was like, I'm sold. 
I would do pretty much anything for him. I think he needs to be protected at all costs. You know who else? Joe. Sorry, we didn't really talk about Joe. I like Joe a lot. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. so sweet, but really number one, top of the list is Ben and, and Brendan. BB. They are, Brendan is the sweetest little angel. They went horseback riding on their one-on-one last week. And then this week he had little toy horses out for her and he was so cute about it. And he was being so, I also think he's like actually funny and has like an actual personality, which yeah. we don't like, cause he's like fun and playful, which we know Tasha likes like fun and playful guys, JPJ from paradise. But she also wants like maturity. And I think that he's both of those things. Like he's goofy, but he's also like, a fully developed person. The most iconic moment of the entire episode, speaking of moments that give you like actual butterflies because they're so genuine, when he is like so nervously talking to her and she like literally just tells him to stop and then they like make out. I was like, Tasha's so powerful. I love her so much. She really is. The last note on this cocktail party because that is is pretty much where the episode ends is Tasha gets the group back together she gives the group date rose to Noah mustache man formerly mustache man and mustache man in such a cringy moment she's like Noah she like she jumped the fence for me um he shaved his mustache doesn't he look so great guys and nobody said a word because they all clearly are pissed that he crashed the date that he wasn't supposed to be on then he got the group date rose Oh, and then Jason said one of the funniest things. I think it was Jason said one of the funniest things of this episode. Good for him. This was funny. Um, he goes, he double dipped. It's like, that's a sin. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, he is living in the COVID world, baby. Double dipping is a sin. And thank you for acknowledging it. it. And then she gets a little mad at Ben because Ben was trying to bide his time and not be rude. And so he didn't talk to her. And then she's like, Ben, I'm disappointed that you didn't talk to me. And I was like, not Benny wise. <laughs> anyone but Benny wise that oh wait also Chasen calls Tasha a smoke show this is hugely oh, controversial right right right, 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 right everyone right, right. is like losing their minds over over the term smoke show I don't think the problem is with the term smoke show I think if someone like Brendan really cutely was like oh Tasha's a smoke show everyone would be like oh cute I True. think the problem is not actually the term smoke show I think the problem is the fact that like you you were saying earlier about Chasen Chasen doesn't know how to talk about anything other than people's looks so I think coming from Chasen it sounds douchier like- than it would coming from someone like Brendan or Ben because right if my boyfriend called me a smoke show, I'd be like, oh my God, like, I didn't know you knew that word. So yeah. nice. But if some guy that I went on one hinge date with was like, oh, you're a smoke show, I'd be like, stop. So mm, I don't know that yeah. it's actually the term so much as Chasen right. just doesn't know how to talk about anybody's personality. He can only talk about how people look. And I think that's why it comes across as offensive. Yeah, I agree with that. I just saw a lot of discourse about like, do we like the term smoke show? Do we not like the term smoke show? Like there's a lot on Twitter last night. And I was like, do we? I mean, I don't know. I never thought about it, but I think you're right. Coming from Chasen, it was like, oh, something's so creepy about that. Also like Kelly Flanagan, who's was on Peter Weber's season. They're now dating. She posted something on her story last night, trying to be like, and I like, Kelly this is not a read on Kelly but Kelly posted something on her story last night and she's like at pilot Pete you can call me a smoke show anytime and then she was like girls like this is such a compliment right like am I crazy or are other people offended by this and I was like Kelly again this is the thing you are with Peter if Peter right. calls you that 
it's different. It's like, if your boyfriend calls you hot, like you're not offended right. if your boyfriend calls you hot. Like, thank you. I am. Yeah. Thank you for I'm the respect. Offended, but- <laughs> I'm offended when like a strange man on the side of the road calls me hot. Right. But if right. I'm dating someone, I want them to think I'm hot. And I want them to tell me that all the time, constantly. Okay. Another little ad. It's for myself. Shameless <laughs> self-promotion. If you know me, which you probably do, if you're listening to the podcast, but I have started recently a running club Instagram account called M Krebs Running Club. And we are organizing, I'm organizing along with my friend Navy, our first 5K, which opens actually tomorrow, November 19th. And it runs until December 19th. So you can either go, you can run the 5K if you go to M Krebs Running Club on Instagram and uh, the link in my bio, you can register for the 5K or you can donate to the 5K if that's more your speed. And you can donate to me on Venmo at M Krebs. All of the proceeds for this 5K are going to Black Lives Matter and Black Voters Matter to extremely important organizations. Both of their, their websites are also linked in my bio on M Krebs Running Club. So you can go read more about the organizations. Um, but Black Voters Matter is doing a lot right now for the Georgia Senate runoff race, which is hugely important taking place in January. So we want to donate to them and give them as much as we can. So please, if you are able, donate to my 5k um, or run my 5k if you want. If you're looking to sponsor your two favorite podcast hosts we are i am running an emily's 5k which i i do know that there are some people that listen to this podcast that i went to high school with which is really funny um because i haven't spoken to a lot of them in a while but hey guys if you were ever in my gym class you will know that i ran like a 14 minute mile so the fact that i'm running a 5k is big doings Um, so anybody listening, you can either donate generally to the 5k. If you want to sponsor a runner, um, you can specify in your Venmo who you're sponsoring sponsor me, please. I'm trying to fill my donation card. Um, but yeah, let's run a 5k. So that was the episode. Now we're going to go into a little segment it'll probably be pretty short this week because not much happened about other bachelor nation news from this week we'll start with the least juicy i wrote down three things tanner and jade have had their third baby baby reed really really cute um literally looks exactly like tanner if you guys don't follow them on instagram go look at the baby it literally looks like she birthed tanner it's very bizarre but happy for them nevertheless um so that's like the least fun to talk about just because it's so happy Next most interesting to talk about is that Chris Randone, formerly of Crystal and Chris, Bachelor in Paradise couple. Uh, So Crystal announced that she's pregnant with her boyfriend. They've been together for only a few months, which is obviously fine. But Chris is is taking the hit and uh, people have found his Hinge profile, which I'll post screenshots on our Instagram because it's actually really, really funny because he has no like normal pictures of him they're all like model former bachelor contestant shots and and if you're on hinge and you don't watch the bachelor like you're just seeing this guy and you're like what the fuck and lastly that is good 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 this is the discussion piece so claire and dale have left the show they're together and dale 
has been spotted in New York City on dates with multiple women in the last week and a half. And someone posted screenshots to the account, not skinny, but not fat, which is a really funny account, by the way. And this girl saw Dale at a restaurant in New York with a, a girl. And at first she was like, oh, maybe that's like a female friend, you know, whatever. But as they were getting up to leave, it was clear that Dale was really, really drunk. And allegedly he and this girl kissed in the middle of the restaurant. And the girl that was at the restaurant like sneakily took a picture of them holding hands as they left, like Dale and this girl. And she DM'd the pictures to Claire. And she was like, hey, like, I'm really sorry. I'm a really big fan. Like, I'm not doing this to be a jerk, but like, I'm at a restaurant right now. And like, Dale is here. And I don't know if you know, but he's here with a girl and they kissed. And I just thought that you should know. So basically this fan DMs Claire. Claire responded to the DM. And she goes, he kissed a girl, question mark. And this fan was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. Like, I promise I'm not making this up. Like I saw it, you know, whatever. And Claire was like, okay, thank you for telling me. And then two days later, she posted a picture of her and Dale on Instagram and was like, I knew it, heart. And I was like, okay, so not I knew it. Like I knew he was cheating. Like I knew it as in like I knew he was the one. I knew he was the one. They're like kissing in the picture. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so weird. Wow. And the weirdest part is that it is working out. Like she got this DM. She she answered this girl's DM. Right. Like, oh, they kissed. And then is is proceeding to be with him and post pictures with him on Instagram and stuff. And the way that I feel about this is a little bit mixed. I think I, I, I don't hate Claire. I know that our last episode, we dragged her a little bit and, and I don't hate Claire. I really don't. I just think there is a lack of maturity with Claire in the sense of she's like, I'm a grown woman. I know what I want. Okay. Well then why did you go on the show and leave with someone that you knew for two weeks? Like that's not mature. Right. And I, I get that, you know, when you know, but like, why couldn't they have left dating? Like, why do you have to leave engaged? And I understand also that a lot of contestants feel the pressure to leave the show engaged because you get the ring, but I just think there's a lack of maturity there. And also something I've, I've taken issue with Claire. And I think you and I have talked about this. Claire is always like getting on her pedestal and on podcasts and being like, I'm a strong woman. Okay. Well, I don't see that. And I hate to be a jerk, right. but like, but like she says, she's a strong woman and I believe her. But that's not the vibe that I get when every interview she does, she's talking about how she needs to be married. She needs to find her partner. She, I'm like, right. We addressed this kind of last week. It's like, I feel like her perception of strength is like kind of being catty sometimes, which I'm not saying like, I don't want to come off as I'm like women owe people respect and kindness always. Like, I don't, I mean, whatever, have your personality, be who you are, take no shit. I totally get that. But I feel like, and we talked about it last week a lot. It's like, there were these unnecessary moments with Claire where she like calls people out after they do nothing, you know? And and it's like, I feel like to her, that's what, that's the testament of strength. But in reality, it's kind of just like, that to me is like actually more like weakness. I mean, it's more just like this insecurity that like, you have to be like hopping on people all the time. And it's like, again, I mean, I... I'm a mean girl. And when people <laughs> piss me off, I am not going to be like, it's okay. I'll just be polite. And like, da, 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 da. like, that's not what I'm saying. But I think her perception of strength is something different than many other people's. Right. Than, and I also think mine. not, not to pit women against women because I, women are allowed to act however they want and handle situations however they want. So that's not my intention, yeah. but I think there's a certain kind of strength in people like Taisha who like she doesn't take shit like she's not 
she's not dealing with the BS, but she's also not being mean to anybody. And don't get me wrong. That's a very delicate balancing act that she's very good at. And, and that's again, I'm not trying to like pit Claire against Taisha or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but I just think, I think part of my issue with Claire also comes from the fact that like on the weird ass interview that they had with Chris Harrison on last week's episode that we didn't even address on our episode because there was really nothing to address. I think it actually pinpointed what I dislike most about Claire. And it's that Claire is the epitome of rewarding men for doing the absolute bare minimum. Like bare she minimum. Literally, Dale wakes up in the morning and she's like, he woke up for me. And I'm like- He shows up. He shows up. And that just like makes me so mad because he's, he hardly spoke in the interview, first of all. And second of all, like when she was like, I was so anxious and I was pacing around the pool and he came out and he held my hand and he paced with me around the pool. And that's all I've ever wanted. I'm like, literally he doesn't deserve a a nobel peace prize for that like i don't i mean what does he want a medal like for being like the most bare minimum shit i mean i said it i i tweeted it i was like claire is a christian mom praising her extremely mediocre husband on facebook and that's how that's how it's the same thing it's like you know the type of person who gets on facebook and makes writes a novel about how their husband like did the laundry one time and you're like oh my god like he did he did a chore you know like it's crazy I mean it's crazy and I have I hate it it's my least favorite thing about and I about think, her right and, and I feel bad mean. because I want happiness for Claire and I and I, mm-hmm. I I hope the rumors about Dale are false and I hope they do last and I hope that that all works yeah. out but at the same time I'm like Claire you've been on this show this was your fifth time on this show which no shame like you didn't find what you were looking for fine you've been on the show five times by your fifth time don't you know that some of the people that sign up for this show are not necessarily who they claim to be? Like it just, to me, were I on this show, even if I thought I knew right away and he seemed like the greatest guy in the world, I think I would want to ride it out for more than two weeks to make sure that they are who they say they are. It was like Taisha was saying in the episode last night about Chasen. She was like, I don't want to find out at hometowns that he's not who I thought he was. I don't want to find out once I have a ring on my finger that he's not who I thought he was. Like it's the right. same thing with Claire. And and I think that's where I come to have an issue with Claire is I just feel like we were attacking Hannah Brown and, and younger leads for having a lack of maturity just because they're younger. And and I understand that Hannah Brown made some mistakes during her season too, but I, I honestly found more maturity coming from Hannah Brown in her season than I did from well, Claire. Like, And you know what? She's the perfect example because when Luke P pissed her off, she was like, no like she was like I'm not taking your shit and and she didn't but she still had a similar thing with Taisha where it was like she's not she wasn't like like I I found that to be very strong I find her to be like a strong person she was a strong lead um obviously she had her issues immaturity whatever and she was like you know I had sex and Jesus still loves me and that's like a huge thing and, and everybody says it and everything but like I found that to be like a moment of strength but I didn't find it to be like unnecessary at all I was like yeah fucking light his ass up the hannah thing was a little bit controversial because guys kept coming to her and saying that there was a problem with luke p and a problem with luke p and she would almost berate the other guys which i didn't agree with but at the same time i so i didn't agree with that but i did appreciate the fact that sometimes leads just go on blind faith of what contestants have said and i appreciated that hannah was like okay i appreciate you coming to me but i haven't seen that and i need to make my own judgment calls 
So again, every lead is flawed. And, and my only point in bringing up yeah. Hannah Brown is that I just feel like it, we're like, we need an older bachelorette because she's going to be so mature. But I, I genuinely thought Hannah Brown was more mature than Claire. I agree. And I, I agree. I mean, it's like, sometimes you do have to see it for yourself, but the second she saw it for herself or not the second, but when she eventually months after the second (laughs) months after the second she saw it for herself. Um, but eventually when she, when she was like, you know, enough is enough, she put her foot down and it, and she did it in a way that I found to be like graceful and not, and it was like, it was, it wasn't, I didn't find it to be like unnecessarily bitchy. I found it to be just the right amount of bitchy because he was the worst and he deserves to be punished. So right. that's, so that's the episode. That's the episode. <laughs> um, if you're listening on Apple, please give us five stars and give us a review. It's really helpful for us if you do that. And thank you for tuning in. And if you're listening on, I don't know if Apple does this. I listen to podcasts on Apple, so I should know this. I think they automatically notify you. But if you are listening on Spotify, make sure you check the box to get notifications when we post episodes. Those are the two major platforms that we are on, but I think we're also on like Google podcasts. We're on a couple different places that I don't even, I don't even know. So check us out, leave us a review and follow our Instagram at don't insult my podcast. Bye.